0: hey everybody welcome back to the collective we have a uh another sh- awesome show coming up for you today i uh we, uh we just got finished i don't know if we're finished yet it was just being oh, we're not finished <laughs> it was being
1: admonished you have or... been formally admonished mm. do i need to sign anything like is there paperwork i need to do <laughs> I, th- I think you mentally signed it in your prefrontal cortex about two minutes ago you're right i i 100 did i there, carved there was a like there a there wood a, carving <laughs> tool
0: <laughs> with the uh the old oh, uh oh yeah, oh, yeah. the yeah. old the old thing with the stuff and the other things anyway you
1: know what I, just on that point yeah. i used to uh when i was in i guess it would have been junior high i went through a little phase there where I was, uh, I had my old school with a little tip on it that you could burn uh, things into wood. Oh, yeah, yeah. The I wood had one of those old and school. Rise. And then I started like making leather belts. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a thing. I went through a phase where That's I was cool. crafty.
0: Well, we're going to talk about that anyway. But before oh, we yeah. talk about that, what I wanted to make sure everybody does is that they go and like the uh, page like the thing subscribe to us hit the notification bell that way you can be notified every time we go live like we are right now and uh yeah make sure you all do that so
1: that you can join us every day as we carry on but the thing so that i've got talk- a question for you yeah. you, got question? You, just threw, you just threw that up there and uh, here's what i thought i wonder if that's actually making a difference hmm I don't know. So, have you correlated uh, since you started using that? Have you seen a bump in like little bell dings or whatever?
0: Well, I've only used it twice. This will okay. be my third attempt, so there's not really enough to fair enough make a some sort of, sort of assessment Correct. on that one. Correct. But I am tracking. Okay, I'm watching. It is happening. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about today, though, is who were you when you were eleven?
1: man that is how long ago was that that's so long i can't even do the math the reason
0: uh we want to talk about this first off we were talking in the green room about this and how you know we've changed we're no longer the same people or we're the same people but we've changed our outlooks on a, a number of things but <clears throat> as you were just saying you had a wood carving kit or a wood burning mm. kit i should mm-hmm. say were you what kind of person were you when you were 11.
1: Well, I was the person of 49 years ago. (laughs) Slightly different. (laughs) Whatever that was. Um, Well, it's a good question. Never really been asked it before. Never really thought about it before. So here's my first thoughts. Uh, We just moved over from England. Mm. And uh, I was moved over when I I was 10, just about to turn 11, when we moved to Grand Cache, Alberta. And so who was I? I was a transplant, man. I was a, uh, I was a Brit mm-hmm. and it wasn't well received, particularly,
0: particularly
1: when you're a scrawny kid with a bit of attitude. And so, yeah. um, you know, the, uh, I, I ran around and I did my thing and, you know, I was trying to, uh, not trying to, I was, um, becoming part of the Canadian society all around me, the fabric uh, of Canada. And uh, it wasn't overly difficult. But man, in, in the town that I grew up in, you were either Canadian. And if you're a Canadian, you were mostly uh, Newfie or Novi. So you're an mm-hmm. East Coaster and they show up with a certain amount of grit. Or you were Welsh, Scottish or English. And they all showed up with a certain amount of grit. Yep. And so it was game on. It was a gritty town. Where everyone was developing grit, uh, whether you liked it or not, and I just happened to like it. So it was a tough town with a tough attitude, coal mining attitude. Yeah. And uh, that's how I was raised from eleven until, while well, I joined the army, was uh, surrounded by gritty people who just didn't put up with nonsense. and you know if if you wanted to uh, recreate, uh, you didn't jump on your jet ski. You jumped in your boots and started walking. Figured it uh, out. Yeah. And and if if you wanted a distraction, your distraction was put on your boots mm-hmm. and go walk out in the bush. Mm-hmm. And so there 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 wasn't any yellow umbrella nonsense back then. Where just follow the yellow umbrella, everything will be taken care of. Here you go. Next year we'll feed you pab. We'll feed you pablum. There was none of that. It was you're on you're on your own to your left to your own de- devices to mm-hmm. figure out the world around you. At least that's what it was for me. My dad was busy at work. My mom was being uh, a housewife, and uh, back in the day, that was you know I don't want to say it was a full time job, but people thought it was. And so um, you know I was left to my own devices, man, and and that was just totally normal back then.
0: What was the? What do you think the biggest Transition issue was for you, coming directly from England to Canada. What was the the stickiest part to to get over or to get through?
1: My accent. <clears throat> so I had a really, really you wouldn't know it uh, now. I've, uh, I've heard pieces of it come out every once in a while, but yeah, trying to talk to Irish too way. much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, where I was born, uh, at Yorkshire. Uh, Barnsley, Yorkshire, and Yorkshire is pretty well known for its uh, I'd call it a harsh accent. It's really broad. E by Gumlat. That's actually a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and translated that means wow. And so uh... <laughs> 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 E by Gumlat Oh, wow So um, you know that's how I showed up with uh, this this alien language and uh, it was not uh, received well. Mm. And so uh, you know uh, and not only was my uh, accent hard to understand as a sort of broad Yorkshireman at the time, but uh, I had a big set of ears on me, almost like Royal family big mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 I was a short ass. So my nickname in high school, actually, as I was growing up, was Titch, T-I-T-C-H, which is a uh, almost a slanderous term, meaning short ass. Mm. What's up, Titch? Hey, Titch. And it was my buddies that called me Titch. Yeah. And uh, it's just an old, it's a colloquialism. It's an old English uh, word. Have you ever heard Titch before? I have never heard that right, before. Well, no. presto changer, you just learned something. I, I did. And, and so, uh, by gum lad, you're a Titch. so so, you know i showed up with sort of uh some things that were out of my control i spoke a certain way i had a certain set of ears i had a bit of attitude i was a short ass and you know that's that's what defined me in uh in junior and senior high and guess what you know when someone uh, starts hassling you about you being a short ass and blah, 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 or flicking your ears. As an example, the guy mm-hmm. behind me was a total jerk. Flick my ears. I'm like, oh, one day, one day.
0: <laughs> it's a, uh, it, it's hard growing up, man. It's hard. Oh, it Just is 10, it 11, is. 12, but this is probably some of the hardest years. You're, You're confused. You, you think you know what's happening, but you don't. And you, don't. You, look, you look around and you're like, what is going
1: on? Like, what is even going right. on? There isn't even a framework. It's <sighs> so, it's so like blank slate at that age. At least it was for me coming over from England yeah. uh, uh, as a not Canadian. And mm. so um, it was for it, me as a Canadian. So <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but there, there was, there was nothing back then. I mean, yeah. literally. At least nowadays there's books or there's the internet or, you know, at least people communicate a little bit better than they did back then. Mm -hmm. Literally nobody talked back then. Yeah. And so, um, it was a blank slate with no solutions, nowhere to turn. No one giving you advice, no pearls of wisdom, no interwebs, no books, no nothing, not even good commercials. Even the food was bad. Was this like mid seventies? This was so, um, I was born in 63, so it would have been around uh, 74-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah, there wasn't
0: much going on in rural Alberta in the There was going on.
1: <laughs> there was my I... buck hunting knife and my Ruger 1022 that Those was preceded nice. by a pellet gun, that was Those... preceded by a BB gun, oh, that was man. preceded by a pair of wet running shoes that I'd go hiking. Yep. And so that was the evolution. Show up, get my ears flicked, go out in the bush, BB, pellet, 22, army.
0: Those uh those Ruger 1022s are nice. And Dude, I've they, still got I, it. That's those they're they're a beautiful little rifle. I, I finally got, got I finally got one. We used to have, we had one down at the ranch for forever and it's still down there and it still shoots great. Uh, but I never had one of my own.
1: Mm. And now
0: now I do mm. and I'm mm. very happy about it. <laughs> I, you know,
1: I bought that uh 45 years ago. Uh, and uh, uh and so like it was a big deal to me because cause it had a rotary Ten round clip,
0: yeah, those are fantastic. And,
1: oh, dude, like I, I was on the, I had a break action pellet gun. Yep, I, and, have, I,
0: I still got one of those too. Actually,
1: <laughs> got it in the garage. Yeah, and so, um I had a break action pellet gun, and so you know it's a one shot at a time sort of deal, and mm-hmm. so I'd be hunting uh rabbit, goony birds, and squirrels, um, and uh, s- kids do not be me. I say it a lot. I hope I'm forming a trend. So at that age, what I would do to hunt, or in Winterstorm, morning. Is, uh, this is crazy. <laughs> what I would do, you know, the pellets used to come in the little round tin. Mm-hmm. I'd grab about 15 of them, stick them in my mouth, mm-hmm. tuck them right in my gum, and I'd go hunting. And and the first, <laughs> The first one I crack, crack, it'd be like this.
0: Yeah, crack. I, I, I was just, I was picturing reloading you, from my gum. I was, I was just picturing you moving around with your, with your tongue and get one
1: ready, like, ruin it right to the top I, of your teeth. Totally then. was bang, precisely bang. what I was doing. Yeah, speed loading from my speed gum. Loading from gums with hey, lead. Hey, pellets. can I hang on? Can I suck on some lead for some? <laughs> yes kids don't do that don't be me
0: adults don't just just don't do that there's a lot of
1: things that i've done (laughs) that are questionable
0: um yeah i uh i remember seeing out when i was 11 that would have been 93. oh right and uh, we were all over all over southern alberta growing up so i was you know lethbridge cowley uh pitch Mm -hmm. creek um claire's home Oh yeah, yeah. Form cloud, like all over that area. Calgary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh um, well. By this point though, at eleven, we were in Calgary and I was at a private school.
1: Oh, which yeah. one?
0: Uh it's called the Calgary Jewish Academy.
1: Okay. I don't and, know if i have uh,
0: seen it. It's uh it's in the <clears throat> northwest, uh just okay. on the other side of uh Rocky Mountain Hospital Rocky Rocky Mountain Hospital Rocky, the Rocky, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Literally across the street from that. Right. And we actually there's the run we used to do in that school. Um Every year, it was kind of like a BFT, but it was for the school. And every year, Sorry, what year was that?
1: 94? 93. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. 93, 94. All so, right. um, I was there. And I, again, where I was asking you about transition because I wanted, like, I wanted to know, I went from, you know, country schools and public schools into a private system Hmm. learning, learning about my Jewish ancestry, which I had never even heard about or talked about until the time that I'd gotten there. And I was just like, I don't know any of these people. I don't know why people are doing this stuff. I was learning four languages. Like it was, (laughs) Oh yeah. We're Hebrew, Yiddish, French, and of course English, you know, in grade three or four. Right. 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 Um, So you're learning all kinds of grammar from multiple languages at the same time. It was a lot. Mm -hmm. And it, it was a full full curriculum so we had to do all the other curriculum as well and then there was jewish social studies on top of that and then there was like it was quite a bit a lot when i when i left that school in after grade seven i went into the public system and i started just acing tests oh yeah i was like a year and a half ahead of everybody yeah 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 crazy but uh i was i was still that country boy that, that little kid that used to just go uh, yeah. out in the bo- out into the grass and like, let's go over there. The funny thing was, is, uh, at this age, uh, my school was on the other side of the city. So I lived just North of downtown in the Crescent Heights area. Oh yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> I had to take the first bus in the morning, the 0600 bus <laughs> mm. to drive an hour plus along the bus routes. So I'd bus to a train, to a bus to the school. And that was every day, and every day back, and it was an hour, hour and a half, depending on the bus schedule and how it all worked. Right and on my own. Right, just you know, a little ten-year-old kid taking the bus all the way across the city, yeah. and uh, that's just the way. It's the way it was, and it was totally it, fun. Well, the
1: it's reason. the way it had to be, apparently, because if it could have been any other way, you would have been like either levitating or transporter <laughs> beaming or whatever. I mean, like. If there was another option, you would have been taking it, but that was the option of the day and you were making it work. And that's just the way it has to be.
0: And that's, I think that's part of growing up too, is that there's a point, I heard this little uh, blurb on Instagram at one point that, you know, as you go through puberty, as you get into that range, 12, 13, 14, there is, there's a a desire for death and not in terms of like you want to die, but you're your childhood is metaphorically dying and your adulthood is starting to grow. And so that's why that age period is so confusing because you're lose, not so much losing things, but you're evolving past certain things and gaining new things. Um, And then that's why it's such a difficult time psychologically because you're, you're just, again, like you said, there's no framework. It's just kind of chaos.
1: What yeah, you but you, so here's here was my first thought i'd never really considered it before it could be a abstract idea could have no bearing in reality but this is what popped into my head i think the difference between me growing up uh to 11 and an 11 year old today is they never grow up mm-hmm. so at 11 i was already out hunting with my bb gun yeah and then by by the age of 12 13 and 14 by 14 I was out by myself on the regular with my Ruger 1022. Yeah. Quite comfortable with a box of matches and a baked apple. Yeah. In the dark. In, in grizzly country. hmm In et cetera. Yep. With no comms, no nothing, no, no fallback plan per se. Just me growing up. Yeah. And so that's wildly different. You know, having to solve all of those problems, ha- having to, you know, it's freaking January in Grand Cash, man. Unless you've been there, it's tough terrain yep. and it's a tough winter. Yep. And so, um, funnily enough, I was just reading as an aside, uh, reading uh, The Mission, The Men and Me with Pete Blaber this morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking about how they wanted to figure out how to move in the mountains more effectively. This is uh, kind of like uh, pre 911 sort of thing. And um, they went down to an area in Montana called the Bob. And uh, apparently, it's uh, rough terrain, and and uh, they were learning how to move through the mountains, and uh, and I was as I was reading that, I was thinking, I was doing that at twelve. Yeah. And and you know the as not to take anything away from Pete Blaber because he's a freaking superhero, and there's I'm not throwing any this this is no negative slur on anything in respect to the book, but as he was talking about how they were mission planning to go into the Bob. It was, uh, it was kind of, uh, it's not that he was making a big deal out of it, but the focus was on how to plan to get a 40 pound pack and, uh, and move through this terrain at a certain speed and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, they got the pro tip of the day when they were, uh, having their, uh, steak dinner kind of the night before from, from a local who said, eh, you know what, boys, you might need snowshoes, uh, while you're up there and just little things like that. And I was like, Really? You didn't know that. Boys, I learned that at 12. And so, you know, it depends on how you're raised. Yeah. And I was raised in freaking John J. Rambo country. Yeah. And so, um, not again, not taking anything. I, I know nothing compared to Pete Blaber. Now that I've established that I'm an idiot, and he's a superstar. I was already doing that at 12. And that's just what I was used to. Yeah. And so, um, you know, as I grew up. I had to grow up fast, man, because there's there's no luxuries out there in the boonies. There's mm-hmm. no there's no comfort out there except the comfort that you create yourself, and there's no ducking problems. You gotta face them head on. Yep. I mean, if you can't feel your hands, do something about it. Yep. <laughs> and so, you know, I had to learn a lot when I was a kid. But nowadays, um, kids sometimes have to learn nothing except hit the reset button on the video game that they're playing because, you know, they want to play it again or whatever. And food is delivered to them, you know, right to their room. Are you okay, little Johnny? How's the game going? Brought your uh, mac and cheese. And they're living in a little bubble, loads of comfort, no lessons being learned other than the lessons that maybe a video game is teaching them. And then when they leave home or when they leave high school where they've been wrapped in that... uh, silver foil bubble uh now they're out in the big bad world and they're still 11 years old
0: yep yep that is a uh that is a serious challenge and you know i i you reminded me of a story uh when i was i would have been i think six at this point it's funny because I have a hard time remembering the ages of certain places because we moved around a bunch of times. So I'm thinking of like places rather than oh, ages. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <that makes> sense. <laughs> and uh, we used to live in this place called Wilson Siding, and it was, it was nine kilometers outside of Lethbridge, like hmm. in the middle of toward like eastward towards uh, oh, Saskatchewan.
1: Eastward. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, uh, there's nothing out there. Nothing,
0: right? So there was except our house. wind. Yeah. So there was our house, our next door neighbor's house across the the gravel road was two grain elevators and a railroad track right and a highway right and that was it just nothing and so uh, what did
1: you do with your time
0: we played in the uh we played we just went out in the field man we found stuff and whenever there was a train just sitting there on the other side we played on the train and we played in the train we played it was super dangerous like we should not be playing in grain elevators or correct trains and but that's, yeah. that's all there was man that's and, all there uh, is uh at one point we were walking along way out in the middle like we were kilometers away from the house and uh my brothers we were crossing this little creek and it had been an unusually wet uh fall so there was a lot of snow and um it was now winter but there was a lot of snow and we knew there was a creek there my brother knew there was a creek there he went to step on the ice and then step over and as he stepped over we heard a big <coughs> right and we we're like oh no now i'm on the other side of the water he's on the house side and the only way to get either around is to go to the highway which we were not allowed to go on to and uh, i would have like i said probably six or seven at this point and he's like yeah no worries just uh give me your hand put your hand out i'll get your cross and so i put my leg on the ice i gave him my hand and as i stepped through poof, right down to uh, did you go
1: completely submerged
0: not quite it uh, oh, one on. one leg stayed up one leg did not <laughs> and so i went straight down one all the way to the hip and uh, i came out and it was the middle of winter it was minus 20 sure. something minus 30 so what did you cold. do uh, well he pulled me out we kind of sat there for like a second going uh, okay and he said wait here and laid me in the snow, packed the wet leg with snow. So I had like a good three or four inches of snow on the leg mm-hmm, itself. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'll be back. And oh, that's he took not off. a great decision. And, uh, so he would have been nine. Sure. <laughs> I'm not
1: throwing him under yeah. the, uh, I'm not throwing uh, him in the frozen water. So he I'm just w- saying not a great decision.
0: And he ran off mm. and I just, I just sat there. I was like, okay. Dying. Yeah. like oh, This is cool. Uh, and then I don't know how long it took, but he eventually came running back with his little red wagon, <laughs> <and> <laughs> loaded me up, and uh, and dragged me home <clears throat> the whole way. And it was probably a good three or four kilometers. Like it was right. a long right. And uh, he had told my mom what had happened, and when I got there, there was hot chocolate made, and it was right. sitting by the fire. Like and right. put my leg up by the fire. It was frozen, but right. it like uh, I didn't lose any toes. Didn't. It was just kind of it all happened, and it worked but
1: looking back I, on that how would you have done it differently um i would start moving
0: yeah like just jogging let's go gotta yeah, get the, let's go, get the back, back to the house like go as hard as i could um smart call on the snow though
1: um, oh i'm yeah, sure because it yeah. wasn't until later for, for about like 10 seconds
0: yeah it, gives you it was the right decision layer, right? <laughs>
1: 10 seconds check we've dried up some of the water we've absorbed some of that moisture now let's yeah. get you moving
0: yeah and that's that would have been the smart call but again when you're out in the country you, you just gotta go like as a as a nine-year-old boy i don't think i would have been able oh, to make that call right yeah now. you know like, i'm
1: sure i'm not again i'm not throwing him under the bus for sure. i'm sure he was making the best decision that he could at the time based on the limited information that he had which yeah. was next to nothing because yeah. that was a terrible decision
0: <laughs> and it's but the, the point is is that when you're out in like when you're growing up in the country, when you're growing up out in the middle of nowhere, especially before the internet, before cell phones, before all these other things, you just had to make do. Oh, you, you had did. To for make sure. a choice, make had a decision, figure it out. go. And uh, I think that's a lesson that a lot of people don't get nowadays, is just make a decision and then act upon that decision. See what happens.
1: Well, not just see what happens, modify in the real As, time. Uh, yeah. Make a decision modify
0: yeah it's a uh it's a weird world too when you're when you're that young when you're 11 12 and you you start making decisions at that point too that are um that have consequences that have serious oh, yeah. consequences yeah, yeah, right yeah. and uh it's it can be a hard lesson very quickly what was uh, let me ask you this
1: then what was the easiest thing to slide into when you came over uh kicking everyone's ass at soccer <laughs> <Did> you...
0: <laughs> I could just see the like the the PE teacher throwing the soccer ball out and you going, oh,
1: yes. Here, here's the best part: <clears throat> the PE teacher was my favorite teacher because he was also from England, and uh, and and he was a slight built guy. Uh, mm. I put him at about 150 pounds. He was athletic, and uh, the best part about this dude. He had an all-white strip, like an all-white kit when Mm -hmm. we go and play soccer. And all-white was my team, Leeds United. Yes, Leeds United. (laughs) And so um, he was a cool guy because he played soccer well. And and he was actually, I was on his uh, indoor soccer team. And I played outdoor soccer, of course. Mm -hmm. And so I was either playing indoor or outdoor. He was a good PE teacher and he was into soccer. And so I slipped into that easy peasy lemon squeezy. Now, of course, the problem with that is you're the the small kid with the big ears and a weird uh, accent and you play soccer well. And that doesn't look good for the much bigger Canadian who only plays hockey. And now he's stuck playing soccer with some little kid who's got attitude can you imagine how and, and my skilled. ears were getting flicked oh yeah <laughs> not not just attitude but skill skill oh dude like, i could run circles around those chumps i mean mm-hmm. just like they could skate circles around me on exactly. the ice yeah. so but it's hard when when it's coming from a little uh, goof like me and i'm like chirp chirp chirp
0: yeah yeah it's uh it, man you know <sighs> It's hard to explain country towns too, because there's so much, and not, it's not quite animosity, but there's oh, just dude. like this competitive drive. Oh, there's an edge. Everybody.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Uh, why, okay. Let me ask you why you think that is.
0: You know, I having never really thought about it, but thinking about it now, my first thought would probably be the fact that there's, <clears throat> there's nothing to do except for engage physically and like being able to discuss stuff was not an option.
1: Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's my, uh, you know what thought. I
1: think it is. And, and I haven't thought about it until I asked the question. I was curious as to how off base I was or whatever. Um, I think it's this that in small uh, little towns like that, that are isolated, which Grand Cash was, of course yep. um, the town itself was about 3,500 people and um and everyone's all up in everyone's business because there's no other business but your neighbor's business there's no other business but the guy crosses the 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 town's business and everyone knows what's going on and every kid knows what's going on the you're all up in everyone's face all the time if you're if you're in town and the only way to get away from it is to go out in the bush so the moment you come in from the bush now everyone's up in your business you're back And, and 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 You're it's an electron microscope all the time, everyone's observing because it's such it's so small, and then the clicks start isolating you know, the jocks, the nerds, the this, Mm -hmm. the that, all of the uh, the breakfast club stereotypes. Yeah, uh, the movie is what I'm referring to for sure. And uh, you know, it's easy to identify who's who in the zoo in each particular click, and each click back then in the small mountain towns of Alberta, uh. Everyone was defending their clique and cliques were clashing. And, you know, I mean, it was just this whole dramatic soap opera. It was it's crazy to look back on it, but it's easy to understand, I think, uh, how it can really manifest itself into all of the nonsense that uh, rural Alberta could create at the times.
0: You know, what it really reminds me of actually is siblings. Right yeah. when when you got an older brother or a younger brother, a younger sister, like wh- you will bicker and oh, dude, fight. Yeah. Oh yeah, and just you'll be at each other's throats all day long, and it's just because you can't escape. Like there's yeah. nowhere
1: to go. <laughs> you can't get away from them. There's just the hassle in front of you all the time. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so I think that's I think you're you're correct in that. Is like if if you have nowhere else to go, then there's nothing to do but solve that either solve the problem or create another problem.
1: Yeah. And, and one of the interesting things about Grand Cash, uh, which created like its own unique microcosm, is that uh, the town itself, when it was developed, it was developed for the specific purpose of uh, keeping the town contained. Mm-hmm. And um, all of the infrastructure layout and et cetera, it was all sort of designed for the mine, for the coal yeah, mine. And it's so, yeah, and 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 the boundaries of the town. It was like you could draw them on a piece of paper and no one crossed the boundaries. Mm -hmm. The only piece, the only people that stepped out of town boundaries were people who were going out into the bush. And so you're all trapped in this goofy little Petri dish of clicks and, and ruralism. And, uh, man, I, I think that, a good social engineer or a good social, uh, engineering scientist who has a keen eye could probably turn that little town into a full blown, uh, 300 novel, um, episode of, so let's talk about rural Alberta in the mid (laughs) seventies.
0: I mean, it, I actually, it's kind of funny that I just finished a podcast, uh, I was talking about the the coal towns in the Appalachians back in mm, 1919 okay yeah, like yeah. An area. and uh, their fight against the the companies and the fight they're actually they was talking about the rebellion against the even the state and the federal government like it was it was a big deal back then. anyway um, it's kind of hilarious though that you know they become company towns and everybody yeah. is in that town they work for the company they work for the store they work for the so everybody's doing kind of the same thing and if you to get out of that town like that it becomes this dream of just like i'm going to make it somewhere else one day right, i got to get out of this <laughs> yeah, exactly whatever
1: this is cuz i don't yeah. know cuz i've never left this <laughs>
0: exactly yeah you just like i want something else yeah, i want something um, more yeah
1: um ah, well, so you know what that brought to mind mm. if that's if if that is the case with a town and maybe this is why it applied to me so strongly even though You know, I'll I'll counter my own point that I'm about to make and say that I always wanted to be it anyway. Mm -hmm. But uh, in grand cash, with that boundary wrapped all around you, and and that's you're stuck in that petri dish. That's ripe for recruiting Mm -hmm. when someone just a kid just wants to get out, whatever "out" means. They don't even know what "out" is, but they just want out of it.
0: Yeah, there's a really great corollary into. Life in general. If you are in a you're in a rut, you're in a hole, you're in a position that has not changed in decades. And this is just the life that you live now. And you're like, yeah, well, I mean, I just wish I could get out of this cycle. I wish I could get out of this sequence. I wish I could stop doing whatever it is you're doing. You gotta get out. You gotta get like out. It's not enough to just drive to the border and like look over and like, ooh, look at that town. That looks nice. And then go back inside. (laughs) You have to leave. Completely. And that means sometimes you got to cut ties. That means sometimes you're not going to see people anymore. That means sometimes you're not going to do things that you always did anymore. But you, in order to get to that next area, you have to do that.
1: You have to yeah, separate so that. Y- y- I agree with you academically, but I don't agree with you based on my observation of how the real world is spinning right now. So in the mid-70s and and whatever, the mid-80s in rural Alberta, maybe someone wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. I just got to get out of the, I can't look at that wheat grain silo one more day. They just want to get out. Yep. And so back then the appeal of uh, recruiting of the military is an example to me it represented adventure. Yeah. It represented something different. It represented something challenging. It represented something exciting, something new, something to solve. That's what it represented, and many other things, of course. Yeah. Do you know where a person can get all of that nowadays? The interwebs? A video game. Mm. From about the time of 11 until the time you're in high school and all the way through to the time you graduate, ah, oh, you're bored with your town, you, you just slip into the video town. Good point, yeah. You, you need an adventure, you just go and kill another guy and call a duty. <laughs> you want some excitement? you re-up your grenades before you throw them in the video game. <laughs> and so, you know, the the appeal or the attraction or the things that would have dragged a young man out of rural Alberta in the 70s, 80s, even the 90s, now it's, it can be replaced by the metaverse.
0: Yeah, it's true. And especially video games now are a whole... It's a whole other challenge because they Holy. are... Not only are they realistic, like looking, but they 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 present you with issues that you would not you would not see normally. Well that's right. right. You get to play as the special forces dude that needs to escape this thing and drive down the streets and shoot up towns and la you know it's it's the action uh the action movie fantasy.
1: And it, yeah, it, or or conversely and I saw this uh because I don't play uh I, I don't play any of them. Um so I saw kind of a walkthrough or a playthrough of uh, one of these uh, Call of Duty games, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, one of the more recent ones, and it was precisely the uh, what you just described, and it was some special operations guys, they're landing in a plane, they're coming off the back of the plane, they're shooting things up, they're doing this, you know, there's parachutes in the air, there's flares going off, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Or, you can choose the other side. Yeah, I want to yeah. be the Russian Spetsnats guy, fighting against the American special operations guys that are landing on... A- So you get two roles to play, and here's where it gets weird, in my opinion. So a a kid who is bored, wants some adventure, disappears into the Call of Duty world, and now he's, quote unquote, fighting the good fight. He fights through all of that fight, and then he shrugs his shoulders and says, well, I need more adventure. Now I'm going to be the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And now he's the bad guy doing the thing, fighting the good guys. And so where does the line get drawn? (laughs) So from the age of eleven till the age of eighteen, now you're thinking like a snats. Yeah, but what? How does? How did that happen? Because the line becomes ambiguous. It's so blurry.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's funny because my relationship morally, with video game, well, absolutely, and uh, my relationship with video games is very different than it would be now. Like the relationship my kids have with video games is very different than what I had, because I grew up with the beginnings video games i i i got to grow and evolve as video games did so my first the first video games i were playing was on atari yeah right back in the day right yeah yeah. (laughs) do Do you remember which one one button i think the very first game we played was i think it was pitfall Hmm. so you know it's still an adventure game but yeah the graphics were not anywhere anywhere good enough that you could be like whoa man this is like real life there was always a distinct line between the game and life dude
1: i started on pong pong that's a good one i haven't played that in many years (laughs) plug it right into your tv with a little rotary dial yeah those are old school dude i think it was Uh, like some original stuff
0: it it was one one of the originals not the original but one of correct and uh so i then got to grow up and i started playing you know the nintendo and then i started playing the super nintendo and then i was playing the sega genesis and now i got to play the playstation and i actually got when i was working in a video game store while i was in junior high and high school that's right uh, <clears throat> i saw the evolution i i watched the new systems come in and yeah, take over the old ones and i watched the graphics get better and i watched the gameplay get better and the user interface became more complex and the uh the storylines had more depth to it and it was actually quite interesting there was a point where the graphics quality could be increased, but it would take up so much memory, you wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to have a depth yeah, of story. Yeah. And uh, that was the tipping point was once the graphics became so complex that they were to taking more memory than the story could handle, the games became shorter. Yeah. Yeah. And it became more thrilling and more flashy and more like it's all about
1: now, 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 now. Whereas the and game then right? the cloud showed up, and, and the now there are up? no limitations. Exactly. Now Especially it can be long with, and fancy, and
0: with VR, it adds mm. a whole new level. Yeah, for sure. Um, and actually, I I follow some dudes on um, social media that do they're like they're U.S. or former U.S. special forces mm. that now do VR gaming i mean we had taylor on here that has That's the right. whole VR setup right mm-hmm. um but some of the new games that are coming out are really accurate mm. and you are you actually have to do the motions when you're doing reloads you have oh, to right. yeah, physically yeah, yeah. be inside the game um which changes things even more because the line is getting you talking about the moral line now the actual visual line is starting to get blurry and yep. now you have a moral and visual ambiguity that starts to lean into the realm of fantasy yeah. versus reality
1: and that's a whole other so so now you've got a, an 11 year old who's uh developing skills mm-hmm. like real world skills of changing mags and etc and now he's bored and now he wants to be spatsnats mm-hmm. and now and and where does his little peanut go you know it's it's not it's not clear yeah that he's on a righteous path at that point mm-hmm. uh maybe he will remain righteous but uh, it, it'll it won't be easy to stay righteous if every waking second is being influenced negatively uh with a storyline that is not appropriate for an 11 year old and so so here's what we did in our household like uh at, at the age of 11 i think the boys got uh one hour of gaming per week. Oh, wow. Use it wisely. Yeah. And so, uh, if, if in fact, uh, you know, they will call it quote unquote screwed up. All right. Maybe next week you'll appreciate your hour because this Mm -hmm. week it's gone. Yeah. And so we always stated that, um, uh, computer gaming time was a privilege. Yeah. Not a given. It is and so trade, sure. uh, it kind of sucked for our boys in the sense because all of their peers, as they grew up, all their peers just got free flow baby. They're all about that call of duty and being a spatsnats. Mm-hmm. And our boys, our boys did not. You know, it went from one hour to some to three hours a week, and then, I mean, it, it's only just you know within the last uh, couple of years that they now have almost a free and clear do whatever you want in the sense of gaming, but yeah. uh, right through. Um, the majority of high school, it was it was a controlled substance for good reason.
0: And I think it, I think control on it is, is good because again, my experience was very different than what's going on now. And when I was young, I was looking at it as, um, you know, gaming was a benefit because I was actually learning and practicing things like hand-eye coordination, like problem solving, like, um, uh, trying to draw a blank right now but there were there were positive sides to gaming but we didn't have the moral ambiguity right there was always the hero story it was always the um you know the the underdog story it was always the fight against and there were a couple i remember there were a couple video games that we brought home that my mom was like no you will not play this and we were like but why they're like it's not not appropriate yeah and you know like
1: uh so you know let's pretend for a moment that those weren't appropriate Mm -hmm. but who's deciding what is appropriate you (laughs) your mom who isn't playing the video game just looking at the cover and thinking oh that's not appropriate there's hookers on the front of this video game that's not appropriate you're not playing that game you -hmm. can play that game though that Mm -hmm. she's never seen and so who's deciding uh if the parent isn't deciding we all know that the kid doesn't care. They're going to be yeah. all about the juicy stuff. And so here's what's happening at that point. You're being shaped by an institution that is shaping you and you don't know how it's shaping you. Mm-hmm. What, Whatever Ubisoft or, you know, whatever game company, it doesn't matter. You're being programmed by someone that you'll never meet and you don't know how you're being programmed. Yep. Yeah. And the uh, this is the real,
0: I think the touchy subject in all of that is that at some point, probably very soon, there's going to be, there's going to be the ability to plug in to a game and completely separate your consciousness into a game versus for sure. reality. And it's going to happen very shortly. I, I have no doubt
1: in and our lifetime for sure,
0: for sure. And once that happens, there will be people that will not want to leave the video game. First off, there will also be people that will use that video game to push an agenda. Uh, there, can, there can be lots of people, lots of different agendas sure. being pushed left, right, and center. But then on top of it, you're also going to be haphazardly shaping other people through your actions without any thought whatsoever. Correct. And that is a hugely amoral system, I believe.
1: Because it's it anarchy. Be.
0: It's just anarchy at that point. It's It'll survival. be a problem. Yeah. So, so the real you know, So, what
1: to do about it? Here it comes, and there's no stopping. And blah blah blah. Yeah. So, what you can do is raise your freaking kids to be smarter.
0: Yeah. I think the best way to do that also is to make them be make them be accountable for their actions. It's 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 very hard, but it is the most I think uh, most accurate system. So when my boys yesterday, my son woke up. Uh, He didn't really wake up. (laughs) He he fought us tooth and nail, getting out of bed, getting dressed, getting food on, getting food, getting ready for school, getting out the door, getting in the vehicle. What, like Like,
1: oppositional defiance or? Oh, just straight.
0: Yeah. Didn't matter what it was. He was not into it. And, uh, And we slowly worked through. Eventually we got him to school and along the way we were like, okay, just so you know, this amount of difficulty equals zero video games period this year, <laughs> I didn't go that far.
1: <laughs> I would, no problem. And I, I'm sure you would. Yeah. Um,
0: we said for the day, because this was the first time I'd actually brought it up.
1: Oh, okay. So fair enough.
0: I wanted to make sure that he was like, you need to understand this. And he was upset. Like he was really, it added to the, uh, the obstructions of trying to get through perfect. the day, obviously, which is exactly what it yeah. should have perfect. And, uh, and this morning or sorry, later last night. He was like, can I, uh, can I go on my tablet? I'm done on my homework. I'm like, no, yeah, we we've already established that this was not happening today. And he tried to, he had a little breakdown in the moment. I was like, this is
1: the, go get your iPad, <laughs> bring it to me and the garbage can yeah. bring it to me, mm-hmm. make a choice. Do you want me to throw it in the garbage right now? Or do you want to get with the program? Yep. I've that's, done it.
0: Yeah. And that's the, uh, the accountability piece, right? If. You allow your children to do something. They have to understand that there is consequences to actions. Period. If yeah, they, they need to know the, the boundaries. Ne- yes. There's
1: a line in the sand. And if yep. you cross it, there will be outcome. And then once the outcome happens, you have to stick to it. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> right. and, and that's that's where the weak parenting comes in. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, my life would be so much easier if I just folded on this moment. Mm-hmm. Fold.
0: Yep. Yep. Or I, I just need 10 minutes alone. Fold. Right. Yeah. I just need whatever. And, and
1: line up the excuses yep. to weak parenting.
0: Yeah. It's happened to me a couple of times. There's been days where I've just was not capable of managing and I folded. And yet now. They're going, yeah.
1: So, you know, like weren't capable. What does that even mean? What if there were no iPads in the world? Hmm. And that's a great,
0: that's a great, <laughs> I had the excuse I had.
1: There is no, no excuse.
0: No, no. The, the tablet is the excuse. Oh like, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had the ready, made, I need time to do whatever I can't like that right here. And it becomes the excuse. It becomes the, oh, it's it the lie that you tell me. yourself. It is a hundred percent a lie that I tell myself and I I don't do that anymore. Mm. And now when I, there's a line, there's a line and my ex funny my my uncle gave me this advice too when I first uh when Arden was first born and he gave me two pieces of advice is one was sleep when you can <laughs> and the second one was our first one was sleep when you can and read what you want because they're babies and they don't know oh right so yeah. like at the end of the night you could read he used to read his kids uh McLean's magazine <laughs> just because like he had it and he would just right. read it to them and they would go to sleep um and, and you were second,
1: reading your kids video gaming manuals i was not no
0: <laughs> but uh, the second piece of advice he said never threaten something that you will not come through with all right because yeah. they'll see through it in a heartbeat oh dude yeah push that button Always. every day of the week yeah
1: give yeah. an inch take a mile and that's
0: it so i uh i just worked i've been working on that over the last you know number of years making sure that when i threaten something it happens and there have been massive Freakouts, and there have been massive fall down, crying things. And I just like, I told you, man, like it was laid out in front of you. You don't do this. I'm going to throw this out. Oh, you yeah. didn't do it. Garbage, garbage. Now it's gone. Now what? And he'll you know roll around on the floor and cry for a little while. And you're like, see you next year. Okay, <laughs> this is where we're at now. And eventually, that crying subsides. That screaming subsides. Oh, yeah, because that that because just...
1: they'll get dehydrated and pass out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite moments still to this day, and it's happened with both my boys, and I'm sure it's happened with your boys, when they have just like an absolute meltdown and start screaming and, rah, and they just stomp off of the room and throw themselves on the bed and they cry and they scream for about 15 minutes and they fall asleep. And you're like, okay, they'll be more manageable when they wake up. I'm going to give them an hour.
1: My, my boys didn't do that. No. I, I, that I just didn't let that fly. Because fifty minutes turns into twenty minutes, then it turns into twenty days, then it turns into twenty years. It's a slippery slope. Mm. It's a non-starter. Okay, that's it. That's all. You're not going to have a little moment where you get to run your own little moment. Mm-hmm. The, the, you'll you'll explain to me what's going on, and then we'll figure it out. But th- this is not we're, we're not. This is not a drama, man. Yes. Yeah. We're we're not creating a Hollywood movie, revolving around junior drama, and and I think kids need to understand that from a very early age. Yeah. Otherwise, where does it end? How long do you let it manifest? Another three years, four years, entrenched.
0: Yeah. I uh, I limit the amount of time the freakout happens. So as they get older, the the amount of time that I allow for a freak out becomes smaller. So when like Kinley is five now, I think I give mm. him, I give him two or three minutes mm. to like freak out, and then I'll go in and I'll I will. Well, I move give him, him any time at all. I see, and now, I give listen, him time. Maybe there's
1: therapists I, out there or, or, or psychiatrists or you know someone who's like got forty seven PhDs who right now is blowing their top because I'm 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 saying maybe they're hearing me say that no kid should ever blah 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 i'm not saying that all i'm all i'm challenging you with is how long is long enough and why so uh the reason that
0: i give them any time at all is because when i was young and i had a meltdown i was confronted immediately and in that moment i could not think clearly because i was in the middle of a freakout And all I ever wanted was a couple of minutes to just, like, let me figure, like, focus on what to get outside of the emotion. And uh, so that's what I do with my kids is that I let, I'll I'll give them a couple of minutes to freak out. And and then I will guide them through the emotional issue.
1: Hmm.
0: And once they can get through, once they can realize that, oh, I'm having a reaction. Okay, now, and then we can breathe and calm and that's what I do you know they'll have a freak out and I'll kind of sit with them and I'll just be like "Hey, breathe just breathe and I'll give them a hug especially when they're little when Kinley's is three and four and they were crying and I would just hug them and it's all good when you're mm-hmm. done like let's breathe yeah I've got no calm issues with that down and then once they're calm then we talk about it hmm. and so I I allow for the emotional response to like not so much sink in but so that they realize that it's actually a response so it's not a, uh, I'm really mad and now I'm freaking out and now I'm getting yelled at or now I'm getting, trying to make a logical leap to something else while I'm emotional and mad. So I allow the emotion to kind of happen and then they go, oh, wait, that's not helping. <laughs> and then I bring the, I, what I wanted to teach them basically was to recognize that the emotional stimulus is under their control, and so well, I it bring, is, and it is. Yeah. And so, how
1: how how much do you let them get away with? How much do you let them set that that ball in motion? And so, the thing that comes to mind is, um, you know, when a kid uh, stomps off to the room and slams their door, that that'll never happen again. Mm-hmm. Don't ever slam that door again. Yes. If you're angry, whatever, but don't yep. be slamming doors because yep. if you if you give it an inch, it'll be a mile yeah and and you know a year later four years later seven years later whatever it's all about the drama and the door slamming and the huffs and the puffs and the woe is me and the 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 center of the universe I, everyone's supposed to revolve around me not me interact with it yep. and and now it's a door slamming mentality.
0: Yeah, and then a door slam becomes a broken TV or something thrown against the wall, or broken window or whatever, right? And that's where emotional control. And that's where, for me, I like to, as as they have gotten older, my my standards have increased for what their behavior should be. Mm -hmm. So as they're young, you know, I kind of allow for I give them more of a buffer zone, and as they as they get older, that buffer zone starts to shrink because their so responsibilities my, are. My crazy. point is
1: this, that, you know, the, whatever you're allowing your dude, I ain't the, their parent. Mm-hmm. You're their parent and you're doing a better job than I am. I'm just armchair quarterbacking, which sure. is totally dumb. <laughs> uh, But uh, you know, like it, I would say that you got to be careful on what you choose to allow to happen. So let's mm-hmm. pretend one of the kids Mm. is having a 15 minute meltdown in the room and they proceed that meltdown with a good old door slam. Mm. And, you know, they, they slam the door and you're like, Oh, he's just having a moment. I'm going to give him 15 minutes to tear the room apart. (laughs) Um, or whatever. And, and so, you know, now it's a year and a half of door slamming. At what point do you say, all right, no more door slamming. They've been doors. That's part of their process now. Yeah. So you've got to ascertain right from the get go before the first door slam or the first whatever, mm-hmm. how much of that you're going to allow on those initiation moments. Because oh, sure. the moment that you let it happen, now it's a thing. Yeah. Now it's a, now it's going to get done every single time.
0: And yeah, uh, Arden, I think when he was about five or six, tried the door slamming once. Mm-hmm. And that never happened again. Nor it should was. it. It was, that was a immediate reaction for me. That was <laughs> like absolutely nothing. Um, and then there was, uh, there was something I noticed that I was doing that he was reciprocating or not reciprocating, but, uh, duplicating. Mimicking. Yeah. And when I, I would get angry or something and I'd ha- whether I had something in my hand, I would get really, uh, really angry and I would throw something. Oh yeah. And, uh, you yeah, well, I, I know. Right. It was just, it was, and at the time. I did not have as great a control of my own emotions as I do now. Mm. And so I had let that anger take over. I let that uh, emotional response just lash out. You lost it. I did. And Mm. uh, at one point I threw a piece of Lego that I sat on and I was already upset and I just let it take over. And I grabbed that Lego piece and I whipped it and it bounced off the couch. I'm going to teach
1: you a lesson, inanimate object.
0: And it bounced off the couch and went straight into the TV. Did it break it? it? Oh yeah. Perfect. <laughs> you loser. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. I was just like, <laughs> I cannot believe I let myself do that. Oh yeah. Oh my God. And that was again one of those points where I can look back on and go, that was where I recognized I needed to control my anger. Oh yeah. And and then I saw Arden do it once and I was like, no, hmm. we're not doing that. I'm no, not doing you, it. No, you will it.
1: not copy me.
0: <laughs> well, that was the thing. I talked to him specifically about it. And right. like, I know you saw me do it. Yeah, that's I was good. wrong. That's I good. was wrong. Perfect. We're not doing that anymore.
1: Right. And
0: that's where I, I, a lot of the times when I see my boys do something that upsets me, it's usually because I'm doing it. Right. Because they're just learning from their surroundings. They're I'm a reflection great. of you, pal. So when I talk to them and I say something like, Hey man, we cannot shut down when things are going bad. We can't just shut down. We have to keep moving forward. I use the term we, mm-hmm. because I'm in it too and I'm still learning and I'm still engaging and I'm still developing my skill sets. So, and I've had this conversation with him a couple of times where I've said, you know what? I'm learning all this stuff now when I'm Mm. 40, right? Mm. Like, do you want to be 40 and start learning it? Or do you want to figure it out or Mm. at least have help figuring it out right now? Mm. And then he'll go, you know, I I think I could be better not to do this stuff when I'm 40. I'm like,
1: you know, another way that you could do it, um, Again, stupid armchair quarterback parenting Dude, any help? That could be way off base. I'm, I'm, but uh, one way that you could do it, and you've kind of said the we, which is a great uh, approach, but um, hit them with that, get, make them own it, ownership, mm-hmm. um, extreme ownership. Boys, how can we do this better? What are mm-hmm. your ideas? That's a good idea. Ask them to solve their own goofy little stormy problems. Yeah. And, and another way that you could do it is, uh, again, leadership by example. Um, talk to them how when you get angry, we'll say, or uh, you could use it as a academic uh, conversation, perhaps. When when I used to get angry, uh, here's what I would do. And, and you can like role play that out for them. Like you can stomp off to your room and, and slam the door or whatever mm-hmm. you used to do. I don't know, whatever bad habits you picked up. And, and show them that's what I used to do. And boys, do you think that's appropriate? You, how, how could I have done that better? Have yeah. them solve the problem. Have them take ownership of how to do it better themselves as part of that. We team.
0: Yeah, that's a great. Uh, and we, I actually use that just recently. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been bickering with each other, you know, as siblings As do. they do, yeah. And uh, I was getting fed up and I was like, okay, boys, we're not doing this anymore. If you guys want to keep fighting. You're going to start losing stuff. And they were fighting over toys and they were fighting Mm. over this and that and the other thing. Mm. And I was like, okay, so this toy is now gone.
1: Mm.
0: Bye-bye. So how do you think, do you guys want this back? And they said, yes. I'm like, okay. Too late. (laughs) Well, I I said. Too late. What do you think you would need to do in order to get it back? And they both sat there for a second. They didn't really know how to answer. And it was actually Kinley that came up with this, the young one. He was like, what if we had two days in a row where we weren't fighting? And I was like, cool. I'm okay with that. All right. You guys could do two days without fighting, like zero fight. Not, not with me, not with you guys, not with mom, nobody. I'll give this back. And I put it up on top of the fridge and I was like.
1: In two so, days.
0: In two days. Okay.
1: Good.
0: And so, uh, oh, I put it up on the fridge so they could see it. Mm. And it just sat there until, and it was about a week before they got it back mm. because they needed two days in a row. <laughs> that right. was the challenge. And then once they had it, I was like, Okay cool. You can have it back. Understand that it gets worse next time, right? It's not two days. We'll figure it out then. And they have not gotten into that situation again. Mm -hmm. So I, I, just as you said, I gave them the ownership of the problem. They're going to fight over something. It's going to be up to you to solve it. And they solved it. And then they got it. I think think that works really well. And it's uh, something that I'm adding to my repertoire as a dad.
1: I've done it myself when the boys have, have screwed up and uh, I've looked at them and said, okay, there's consequences, choose them. And they have to come up with them and then yeah. they have to own them. And that's yeah. the way it is.
0: Well, um, I think that's the best way to do it. Ownership is the, the easiest way to solve a problem. And mm. uh, it is. It, it let me rephrase that. It is not the easiest way to solve a problem. It is the most effective way to solve a problem. It's a good way. Um, but, it can be very challenging. It can but it'll be worth it. It's it's worth
1: it. it's worth it, and and it can be challenging, and it's made easier if you go through all of those video games in the garbage.
0: <laughs> but I want to play
1: them too. Come that's, on, that's right. Wait, <laughs> wait, to set a good example, barrels, <laughs> right? right?
0: Uh, but again, everything is a uh, things are balance, yeah. right? And you got to find that right balance for you, and you got to find that right balance that you know you can set your ah, like not just you. Better.
1: You got to find the right balance for you and your family. Yeah. As you are point. leading by example. That's exactly it. Everything you do is seen and
0: everything oh, you do dude. can be mimicked. Oh, yeah. Uh, and on that note, we're at about an hour here. And, yes, uh, we are. Man, great conversation. Good stuff on, you know, childhood, understanding yourself and, all, that, that was a great conversation i really enjoyed my apologies to you your so boys
1: much. who uh may hate on me for uh, giving them the <laughs> <laughs> the hard video love that's all good the thing is it this
0: is as you said uh i think a few episodes ago you know being a kid nowadays is way harder than it is now than we were kids or when you were a kid just it's an harder inch. and it's
1: easier it's just oh, a yeah. different it's a, just a different context it is and uh It's easier for kids nowadays if they're being raised by good parents.
0: That's true. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think the conversation will continue because who knows what happens next and who knows what's going to come down the pipe and who knows what the next challenge is going to be, especially. You didn't
1: even ask me who I was when I was 12. I didn't. Can you imagine how long that conversation is going to take?
0: Oh my goodness. I don't even want to be 13 or 14. We're going to start getting into girls and stuff. Oh geez. Um, Oh, all right, we'll on wrap. Urban. Oh, only tuned, just tuned in just now. now. Glad I caught the last 10 minutes though, stimulating program. Yeah, cool. Appreciate it. Uh I'm glad y'all liked it. So if uh if you haven't already, I, I mean you should have already, but make sure you like and subscribe, hit the notification bell. That way we can uh, keep doing these every day. We're gonna keep doing them every day, but uh make sure that you're notified so that you can stay in touch and you can learn and build and grow with us here on the collective talk to y'all tomorrow chimo chimo oh no i lost a button there we go <laughs>